to Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien and Chris Sullivan. Guess who else has read the 45-page indictment? Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. And Rob, the defense coming back from Trump's lawyers is that this is uh, this amounts to being prosecuted criminally for exercising his freedom of speech, his freedom to contest an election, which he genuinely believed to have been fraudulent. Where do you come down on that? Well, that's that's just false. It's just spin. Uh, defense lawyers are going to do that, but it's incorrect. Anyone l- listening to us talking about this who hasn't read the indictment should go find it online. Just read the first two pages of it. It goes out of its way to say that Trump was within his rights to contest the election. He was legally allowed to claim there was election fraud, even though there was no evidence of election fraud. He was able to challenge the election with about 60 lawsuits, which, of course, they point out all failed. Uh, and, and he could even lie about the election being stolen and, and would not be uh, liable. Uh, but what this indictment is about is about five specific actions that Trump and his unindicted co-conspirators took. Okay, before we get that, to that, though, I wanted to point out what the Wall Street Journal said, that under these rules, the actions by Al Gore and George Bush to contest the Florida election in 2000 might have been considered criminal. What about that? I don't see that, because that election was decided by about 500 to 600 votes in Florida. That's an example of where you've got a contested election based on actual facts and a, and a bona fide dispute about the way the ballots were counted. Here, Trump lost by millions of votes. He challenged the election and lost all 60 of those lawsuits. But again, that's not what they're indicting him for, of course. They're indicting him for five things. Number one was the campaign to pressure state election officials, like in Georgia. Hey, can you go find me 60,000 votes? Number two the scheme to create these panels of false electors. Number three, a letter that they were trying to get Jeffrey Clark to issue from the Department of Justice that would have said to state election officials, the Department of Justice had found evidence of fraud and they should hold off on certifying the election at the state level, when in fact the Department of Justice looked and did not find evidence of fraud. Number four is the conversation between uh, between, uh, Trump and Pence where he tells Pence, too much of a Boy Scout, you're too honest. In other words, it was illegal pressure on Pence to not fulfill his constitutional duty. And fifth, there are charges of obstruction of Congress. In other words, trying to take advantage of the violence at the Capitol on January 6th to stop certification of the election. What about the six co-conspirators who were telling him, all of them lawyers, I believe, I guess there was a, a couple of campaign people, Telling him what he wanted to hear, could he justifiably say, look, I was just taking the professional advice given to me by my aides? Yeah, and, and an interview I just heard of the uh, of one of his lawyers, it's exactly what the lawyer said. The lawyer was uh, interviewed and he said, well, Trump consulted legal counsel, including trusted and uh, learned uh, experts in the law. So they don't face, they're unlikely to face charges themselves? I think there are a couple reasons that Jack Smith may have decided not to indict them at the same time. One reason is he wanted to keep all the focus this week on Trump and what he believes Trump did that was illegal. Second reason could be uh, that he's trying to leverage one or more of those six unindicted co-conspirators to get them to cooperate. He's saying, look, I just indicted the former president. 
what do you think I'm going to do with you? Right. So uh, that uh, that could be a strategy of of Jack Smith's now. Now, do any of these charges uh, upon conviction prohibit him from running for office? No. So he could be convicted on, on all counts and he could still run. Correct. And he could serve, too, if he were convicted. Now, there's one angle um, that might result in a, a conclusion that he couldn't serve uh, under the provision of the Constitution that supporting uh, sedition and insurrection will disqualify you. Those, you and I have talked about those provisions before. Uh, those are the provisions that were designed to keep former Confederate generals from running for Congress, the Senate, or the presidency. And what do you think of the time of this is going to be? How long before this actually goes to trial? You know, I, I did hear I did hear Trump's lawyer say one thing I agreed with. The interviewer asked him uh, about Jack Smith's statement that you know that this trial should move on. This is going to be a speedy trial, and and his defense lawyer correctly observed that the right to a speedy trial is the right of the defendant, not the prosecutor. So uh, I guess it's possible it could get to trial before November of 2024, but. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't either. And that's important, as you know, Dave, and I think you've even talked about, because if he were to win the election in November of 2024, he would appoint the next attorney general of the United States. Yes. And that that attorney general could dismiss the charges and close the case. Former state attorney general, Rob McKenna. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Dave.